Okay, that was a moment of silence in memoriam of Ding Dong the Witch is Dead, to quote the Wizard of Oz, the Night King, who is now deceased due to a wonderful, loving, probably descendant of Tony Stark from the Avengers, Arya Stark, who slashed him with Valerian steel last night, Arya Stark, killing the Night King in last night's Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3. The Last Battle of Winterfell, um, and the episode is titled The Long Night, which was about an hour and 22 minutes, the episode. It was probably, I mean, I have to say there are few few episodes within the entirety of that series that measure up to how well done and executed uh, in terms of how it was shot that episode particularly was. I would say the second best would be the Battle of um, the Dark of a Home episode in season four or five when Jon Snow is fighting the Whites for the first time, and also the episode where Cersei, Brazil, Cersei Lancer blows up the stuff to Baylor, which is also an amazing episode. But this was the best because it was all dark and it was always in one um, location, which is there's a there's a very specific word for an episode that is shot in only one place. And I, the only show I can think of that that parallels to that would be Friends and the episode um, the one where no one's ready, where they shoot ev- the entire episode in. Um, Monica and Rachel's apartment, which is such a good episode. But anyways, I can't remember this. So let's just get right into it. Okay, that was the best episode I've ever seen. Um, specifically the last two minutes of it. And basically, it was also great because Melisandre, who hasn't been in it since season seven, she was only in one episode in season seven. She was also only one episode of this, but she's basically saved the episode. That that damn Lord of Light, I need to get me a meeting with him because he just knows what he's doing. I know my friend Kristen believes in the Lord of Light, but I mean, I don't know. I guess I should start too because he's so great. So I'm going to read an article from Deadline, which is all entertainment-based news because it is so funny. It is so well executed. And there are certain, certain points in this article that are so um, well done. And it was written on the 28th by Dino Ray Ramos, um, who clearly just watched the episode last night. Okay, I'm going to start it off. The moment is here. What can be considered the television event of 2019? HBO on Sunday aired the Battle of Winterfell episode of Game of Thrones titled The Long Night, which finds all of our beloved Westeros characters, well, most of them, going to war with the Night King's band of icy undead arm, army, soldiers, army of soldiers who are in desperate need <laughs> of moisturizer and a hot oil treatment. Episode 2 of the 8th and final season was essentially a setup for tonight's battle, and our patience was rewarded with an all-hour... All out brawl with some twists, turns, and unfortunate casualties that have left our jaws on the floor. This only makes us crave more as only three episodes um, remain after tonight. Uh, well, last night. That's true. Uh, one and two have basically been set up. Well, I would say one was sort of the introduction to the season and, and a, a bit of a reminder of where everyone was and what was to come. Two was the setup. <sighs> okay. Uh, three was a big shaboom. And I think it was worthwhile because with only six episodes left and having an episode like this in the center of it as like the climactic event was so great. Also notably absent from the episode was Cersei Lannister, a.k.a. Lena Headey, because she's still down in King's Landing. But now I really don't know what's going to happen because I, I'm, a big pers- I'm a big reader of theories. And on Reddit, there was this one really genius theory. Um, and I know it has nothing to do with what I'd happened. I'm going to read to you before I actually get into the remainder of um, what happened in the episode. Okay, there was this theory on Reddit. I'm going to read it to you really quick. Um, okay. Originally posted by Reddit user U-QP0N in February, it suggests that the Night King wasn't seen among the ranks outside Winterfell because he's taken the icy... His ice track at King's Landing where Cersei is holed up with 20,000 soldiers um, from the Golden Company and... Or the Iron Irons of the Golden Company and a million citizens. Because if you remember the promo um, last week for this episode... You know, everyone are always screen caps, like, moment by moment, shot by shot. 
but you didn't see him. Okay. And also it says on the Reddit article, um, it wouldn't be difficult to simply fly up to Viserion to breathe fire on him, and that would be that. The Night King is not stupid, not enough to Kamikaze his most powerful asset. If you have a superwoman, if you have a super weapon, and you can't use... Uh, you can't use against a particular target, then you find a different target. The theory uses Bran's vision in season four as evidence. During season four, while Bran is being ushered north to meet Blood Raven, um, he touches a wirewood and has a set of visions which we see. All these visions have since come to pass, except the ones where he sees a destroyed throne room and a dragon shadow pass over King's Landing. I believe the reason we are only shown a shadow was not to give away that this is actually the Night King and Viserion, not Danny and her dragons. Which, while the idea is an even bigger um, undead army, is certainly terrifying. The trailer for episode three seems to debunk this theory quite quickly. Yeah, so that, I, I actually honestly, I really believe that theory too, because oftentimes these theories are correct. Um... Because these Reddit people are so smart. But it didn't happen because, you know what? Oh, my God. Also, one of the most gorgeous parts of episode three of season eight um, was the cinematography with the dragons when Danny and John were riding Drogon and um, whatever the other dragon's name was. And they were above the clouds. It was, like, crystal clear, and it was just the moon. And then the Night King, was riding, Night King comes in riding on Viserion and, like, shoots ice at Daenerys. And you think Daenerys gets hurt, but then he suddenly disappears, and then they're still there. It's so gorgeous. I'm going to probably have to watch it, rewatch it, like, five more times. Okay. To continue what I'm reading on Deadline. Okay. With a runtime of 82 minutes, tonight's episode was, marks the longest of the six remaining from the fi- final season. Um, and with good reason. There was too much bloodshed to fit in an hour, and David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the producers of the show, know um, what fans wanted they delivered with this, with feature-like episode that included one of the most epic battles in the history of TV. The episode, uh, the first of the season written by Benioff and Weiss and directed by Miguel Sapochnik, Sapochnik who was a genius, um, starts where the last one left off. Everyone is getting ready for the war, and they think that they have no chance of winning. The first shot is of Samwell, John Bradley, nervously arming himself before the impeding bloodshed as the camera moves from character to character before finally seeing the massive front lines of the battle awaiting the Night King and his army to emerge from the darkness and other sources. It was very, very dark. It was also very difficult to see. And people were making funny jokes in this episode that once Melisandre came, they, they, they were like thanking her for like lighting up the screen because it was so difficult to see, which is actually hysterical. Because like I tell you, that Lord of Light is damn legit. I digress. In other words, there are lots of, lun- there are lots of longing looks of fear induced determination and silence for the first 10 minutes of the show. Then our favorite red priestess, Melisandre, Chris Van Houten, who delivered a stellar performance last night, that's my own words, not the article, gives everyone a boost of confidence by spouting a few words and arming almost everyone with flaming swords like it's a Westeros rave. <laughs> Again, there's comedy in this article. And then she makes eyes with Arya, Maisie Williams, aka the lead of the episode, as um, if one of them owes the other money. Jon Snow, Kit Harrington, and his auntie lover, auntie-lover, you again, that Daenerys Amelia Clark um, look on as the first wave of troops charges into the void, like the Battle of Wakanda. By the way, I saw Avengers again last night because it was so good. My favorite moment is when Doctor Strange is like portaling everybody back to fight Thanos and the three Wakanda queens and the um, Black Panther walk in. It was so good. Okay. Uh, before we know it, they disappear with their swords and are no longer aflame. That was really scary because essentially, and if you guys watched the inside the episode, I always watch inside the episode after every episode of Game of Thrones with the two producers, the entire Dothraki are gone. And Danny's also really emotional about that, which is really sad. Um, and they make note of that. And they're like, well, that, because they had a plan set in motion 
um, how to execute everything, and then Danny, but the one thing that they didn't factor into their plan, these are my words, by the way, is emotion. And Danny got really emotional when she lost Dothraki and she wanted to write her dragon's job. I was like, you can't do that. But he didn't say anything. There's also minimal dialogue in this episode, which was really, really great. Um, but then it was all like eye acting. And then John was like, girl. And then she was like, bye. And then she got her dragon and they went away. And that's when things were going to fall apart, in the words of D.B. Weiss and David Benhoff. Okay, back to the article. <clears throat> what happened? Well, they're no longer. They are no longer, and as everyone else wonders, what the hell happened? Undead burps and bleep belches from the darkness of the army that undead troops emerge, and the battle begins. John and Daenerys spring the fire with some how to train your dragons realness while Arya tells Sansa to head to the crypt for safety. Sansa says, Sansa is all, I'm not leaving your peeps, my peeps. And Arya insists, leading us all to wonder, who is the Beyonce and who is the Solange of the sisterhood? As John and Daenerys attempt to navigate their dragons in what seems to be a sort of a supernatural snowstorm, bodies hit the floor. We immediately anticipate the deaths of our favorite characters and the return of the White Walker dragon. Oh, excuse me. Uh, as the battle rages on, we see our first casualty, Dolores Ed. Ben Compton, the acting war commander of the Night's Watch, is stabbed while saving Samwell. That was really, really sad. But they're all honorable deaths. Um, the army retreat is... The army retreat as a supernatural army as the undead rulers become too much to handle uh, and the storm worsens. They attempt to build a ring of fire around Winterfell to, to no avail. But then Melisandre walks up and says, I've got this. In, in High Valerian, of course. Um, she casts another spell like a scene out of the craft. <laughs> And she eventually finds the power to trench the surrounding Winterfell. And, and to, okay, I'm sorry. Like a scene out of the craft, she eventually finds the power, and the trench surrounding Winterfell is engulfed in flames, preventing the army of the darkness from coming in. At this point, we have reached halftime. Sansa shares a charming exchange with Tyrion, Peter English, in the crypt about their past marriage, and Theon, Alfie Allen, also a hero in this episode, and Bran, Isaac Hempstead Wright, have some words before the Stark visionary uses his That's So Raven powers. That was my favorite reference in this article, because I love That's So Raven. Okay. Meanwhile, the Night King has rolled up into Winterfell with his White Walker dragon, and the undead army has found a way around the ring of fire. The army starts invading the castle as more blood is shed. It starts looking like a scene from World War Z, except with more swords. The level of bonkers begins to slowly increase in the episode, and it hits peak crazy when a zombie giant enters the castle, killing everyone in his path. The Hound, Rory McCann, is having an anxiety while Arya is racking up the points, showing us why she's a badass. In one of the most upsetting moments of the episode, the feisty lady of Bear Island, Lyanna Marmont, Bella Ramsey, takes on the giant zombie, only to be crushed by his hands, but she doesn't go out like a punk. She stabs him in the eye before... Breathing her last breath, bringing the giant down. That was a gorgeous. That was a gorgeous set. That was, this is. These are my words, by the way. This was all set up too. Like Leona Marmont was standing there making commands in uh, Winterfell, and she's like, "Close the gate, open the gate." And then all of a sudden, the giant, the dead giant, walks in, knocks her to the side, and she screams. And you think that she's dead. Oh, oh, oh but she's not dead. And then he like lifts her up. And he crushes her, like, chest cavity, and you hear the bones crack. And she's like, <laughs> and she's all bloody. And then right before she goes out, she looks at him. There's, like, a, there's a beat, and then she stabs him in the eye with, um, with uh, what do you call it, dragon glass, and he's, he's out. And then that was, like, a gorgeous way to um, go out. Also, the producer said in Inside the Episode that that actress, Bella Ramsey, she was, she was a one-episode character, Lady Marmont. But they were like, she, they wouldn't they would be doing so justice, and they, they wouldn't be doing their jobs and have her become a recurring character, a major recurring character, because she was so talented, and she really was. She's a badass. And they were like, we, we, so we couldn't make, we couldn't put weight on every single death because then it would just be too much and nobody would care. But this was one death that we had, you know, she had to go out with like a, an amazing boom because that was amazing. Whew, I am like really from how good this was. I, I literally woke up today and I like thought I had a hangover because of how good the episode was. Literally like my body was like weak from it. Okay, here we go. Back to the article. John and Danny 
take their flight, take their fight to the air with their dragons and have a little dogfight with the Night King and his White Walker Drogon. Dragon, I'm sorry, Drogon, Dragon. Bah. Meanwhile, Arya goes off on her own in the halls of the castle fighting off more of the undead, and it plays out like a horror movie. In a moment where she's overwhelmed, the Hound, over his anxiety attack, and Beric, Dondrian, Richard Dormer help her out, but the Eyepatch hero doesn't make it out alive. They are trapped in a room with Melisandre, who, by the way, just happens to pop up anywhere and everywhere. She's like that friend who shows up right after something bad happens, <laughs> but she gives words of wisdom. It doesn't take long before the Night King and his dragon... Well, by the way, um, she said something... Melisandre said something to Arya, which was the best line, I think, delivered in the entire series. And It was right when they're having the moment in the hall, she says, What do we say to the god of death? And then Arya looks at her and says, Not today. That gave me chills! It was so good. Okay. Sorry. Um, sorry, I'm a little congested too. I'm literally like, like gallivanting in this. Okay. It doesn't take long before the Night King and his dragon breathe fire on Winterfell. The Night King is taken down, but John is all, but John is, John is as well. This leaves Danny and her dragon in the sky. She comes face to face with the Night King and she stares upon him and says, Dracarys, lift, lighting him the F up. But she should know better. He walks away unharmed and John goes after him, which is a bad idea. He also throws up one of his ice blades, but he misses um, Drogon again. And then Danny turns away just in time. The Night King recycles the, de- uh, recycles the dead bodies surrounding him to build a whole new army of undead, including Lyanna. This does not look good as the dead are rising up from everywhere, including the crypt. It has now become Game of Thrones, Night of the White Walker of the Living Dead. Night of Night White. Okay. Game of Thrones, Night White Walker of the Living Dead. As the new army of the undead begins to overwhelm, Danny comes in and does her fire thing to clear a path for John to get Bran, who is currently being protected by Theon. John rushes to Bran as Danny's dragon is attacked by a swarm of whites. Danny's sans dragon is about to be killed. But it's Jorah, Ian Glenn, to the rescue. That was a gorgeous scene, too. What follows is a montage of impeding defeat. We see nearly everyone in hand-to-hand combat as Winterfell begins to burn to the ground. Tyrion and Sansa team up to help those in the crypt. Jon is attempting to be a hero. Danny is getting blood on her precious white outfit, and she's fighting. It's the first time we saw Daenerys fight in the entirety of the series, which was amazing. The Night King and his entourage reach Bran, and they make eye contact with Theon. Bran says to him, you're a good man, Bran. Thank you. A valiant Theon attacks the Night King, only to get met with defeat. But he doesn't have a hero. Um, yep, Greyjoy is no more at that point. Yep, uh, Greyjoy is no more at that moment. Um, and at that moment, the body count of GOT faves continues as Jorah is slain in front of Danny. Oh, that was really sad. Uh, and then you see Danny crying. The Night King reaches Bran and is about to kill the kill him, and out of nowhere comes Arya. She kills him, and in turn, his entire army dies, including his precious dragon. What happens is he's... There's this gorgeous music playing. It's a montage. And then all of a sudden, you see the Night King reach behind his head, about to pull out his, like, ice sword. And Arya comes out of the dark, jumps on his back. But he turns around just in time, grabs her by the neck. But he doesn't have her hands, which was a big mistake on behalf of the Night King's fault. She has the um, Valerian steel um, dagger in one hand. She drops it to the left and stabs him in the waist. And then he's out. It was gorgeous. It was so fast. And it was... And they also said the producers... Um, and inside the episode that they knew that it was going to be Arya for the last three years, which was amazing. And, no, and the fact that they get leaked was genius. Okay. Uh, as the dust settles, everyone looks around at the devastation and the mournful victory. Danny cries over the dying body of Jorah while Melisandre, done with her duties as Red Priestess, removes her magical choker and steps out into the field and turns into dust as if Thanos just snapped. And that's the end! That was it, you guys. That was so well done. And I cannot believe how none of this leaked. Because if you remember season seven, a bunch of stuff leaked, but this didn't leak. Nope, 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 nope. I thought that Arya being the heroine was so great because they also said inside the episode that it's always like John. John is the one saving everyone from the White Walkers. John is the hero. John is the hero. But instead they're like, it's going to be Arya because Arya has been training up for something. All the way back from um, season one when Ned Stark was killed in that episode when she was fighting swords with that 
I think everything the same was, and then going to the no one guy who taught her how to fight blind. Like, she's been training, 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 and there was a pivotal, there's got to be something she's working towards, and this was it. Just like John has been on the wall fighting the walkers for something. He's got, he has a purpose, and that, that purpose is to bring the message that the undead is coming um, to King's Landing. <laughs> um... Which was so great. Melisandre also said um, to the spider in last season when they're at Dragonstone that she has to come back to this weird, odd country to die. And, no, and then she didn't really... It was very cryptic, but she's like, I have a purpose left to serve. And the purpose was to bring fire to Winterfell, help Arya, and then she was out. And also, I think she was running out of magic, too, because she'd used so much magic throughout the entirety of the series. And um, also, she... Um, was trying to light the trenches, but she was having trouble doing it. And not until the last one, right before the walkers got to her, did it go up. So her magic was probably all out. Um, so she had to go. And then Danny losing Jorah was really, really sad because Jorah's been in love with her, but never been able to, um, you know, commit himself to her because of, you know, circumstances. Um, <laughs> Arya, I'm sorry, Sansa, and then Tyrion had their, you know, sort of rekindling. And, you know, what, what over your So I was thinking maybe there's got to be something there. There's got to be legs to that little romance and flirtation. Um... Cersei wasn't there. Theon went out a hero because also the build of a theory was that he was a wussy because he left his sister, um, you know, when her uncle captured her and all this bad stuff that Theon did, but he went out a hero and saved Bran. Um, and he was really kicking ass, which was great. And then, um, uh, oof, the Hound was good. Everyone was good. Brienne, oh, also, Brienne survived and Jamie survived. And, um, uh, what is Brienne Squire's name? Todd, Todd, Todd Podrick. We, I thought Brienne was a goner for good. But she lived. She lived. And there were moments when I thought she was being attacked, but she lived. Um, so that was it. That was, that was episode eight, season three. Season four promo looks amazing. It's all in King's Landing with Cersei and What's-His-Face. And that's going to be a good episode. And then um, we're going to see what happens. But I'm going to rewatch it a bunch of times. You guys, it was gorgeous. If you're not into this show, you really should be because it's so well done. And if, if, you, if you haven't seen an episode before, I would say don't start with this episode. But I would also advise you to start out with this episode because it's a great hook into one of the greatest series of all time. All right, I, I'm going to just go watch it again. Have a good day. Bye.